Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Joe Quazala is, to me, one of my favorite things this show has done in a very long time because it's a conversation about the Smashing Pumpkins and if they belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame 2020 induction ceremony slash presentation, because you can't do anything in, in, in front of people because of COVID for obvious reasons, uh, was on Sunday. And it's currently on HBO Max and HBO Go or HBO whatever you have HBO on. And there were three artists that were inducted into this year's class, Nine Inch Nails, Depeche Mode, and T-Rex, that to me share the same musical DNA as the Smashing Pumpkins. The difference being, um, none of those people, well, one of them's dead, but two of those bands aren't appearing on Alex Jones' show. Uh, one guy is, and that guy happens to not be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mentioned COVID. We're living in a bad time, and that's why for the first time ever, we have a Patreon account. Please consider donating at you, me, them, everybody. Dot com. Uh, Billy's gone through a lot of hard times. So have uh, the people that make this show. Joe has his own Rock and Roll Hall of Fame-based podcast. If you enjoy this, if you're listening to this, you will definitely enjoy his show. I enjoy his show. It is linked in this podcast description. Without further ado, do the Smashing Pumpkins belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with Joe Quazala? You know more about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame than probably anyone in my orbit. Uh, you host a podcast about it. We've talked about it way before you had a podcast about it. So the first question should be the obvious. Why do you care? That's a great question. Uh, that's why my podcast is called Who Cares yes. About the Rock Hall? Because it you know, it kind of boggles the mind why anybody would care. Because this institution exists at best in the periphery for most people. Like they they know about it, but they don't know anything beyond that. It exists uh, but it, it it has always kind of fascinated me because it is used, even now, relatively consistently as a marker of success and like echelons of mm -hmm. success. Like when Eddie Van Halen died a few weeks ago, it was like the lead, if not the headline, of a lot of the obituaries. Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Eddie Van Halen dies. So like why do we continue to this must mean something right this is a signifier but like how come these ceremonies happen without literally anybody noticing even though they're attracting a-list talent and like these yeah. huge bands are performing together and like crazy things are happening like when prince died the george harrison tribute where he does the while my guitar gently weeps mm -hmm. solo was everywhere and like that's something that happened at a rock and roll hall of fame induction ceremony and it feels like no nobody saw it until someone was like, hey, look at this thing that happened in 2004. This is insane. There's uh, only so been three Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremonies that I remember anything. And I think I've probably seen at least part of all of them, mm -hmm. which is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, also, if you were like a kid growing up on like VH1 at, in a certain era, which I was, like you, those 100 greatest lists mm -hmm, and like mm -hmm. a, very much a reflective era of VH1, like looking back on stuff, giving you primers on bands, whether it was through those lists or whether it was through behind the music or whatever it was, they would air the induction ceremonies back mm -hmm. in like the 90s and the 2000s. And so I would catch that. That was kind of part of my musical education was that these these weird <laughs> ceremonies from the Waldorf Astoria would be happening annually. And you know that was kind of coinciding with my own weird contrarian, I like classic rock and I and new music just isn't 
isn't what it used to be. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing that sadly uh, afflicts, shouldn't afflict young people. That should be something that old people think. But un- sadly, that was how I felt. So that was happening at the same time. And also, like, I'm from Pittsburgh and my dad is from Cleveland. So when we would visit, like, my grandma and stuff, we would go to the museum. So it was like all those things kind of intertwining together that got me kind of hooked. So now that, okay, I think the average age or the median age in America is 37. I'm 37. You're about that. Now the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame classes are for our age, unlike when you were caring about this stuff as a teenager. Now, yeah, do in you theory. hope, in theory, do you hope that the bands get in our bands you like, or do you still wish it was a bunch of overlooked acts from the 60s, 70s, and 80s? <laughs> I mean, if the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame functions the way it is supposed to, it does change with the times. It does evolve. You know, there is the eligibility minimum, which is 25 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if it works correctly, and it, and some and sometimes it does. Like we had Notorious B.I.G. was inducted this year on his first year of eligibility because Ready to Die came out in 94. So, you know, that is a more exciting thing when that happens you know it's less exciting when say the moody blues gets inducted two years ago Mm -hmm, when they've mm -hmm. been eligible for nearly 30 years right in um, you know all power to them or whatever you however you want to diplomatically refer to the moody blues but they are you know like a second or third tier act from that era and it's not as exciting when say like a, a tupac or even like a pearl jam uh, or Radiohead get inducted because they seem more vital and they they seem more connected to the evolution of music, which is if you're creating a history through these inductions, that is what the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame should do. Therefore, we are reco- and that's why we're doing this specific episode. The Smashing Pumpkins have been eligible as long as Nirvana. They are not mm-hmm. in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Do the Smashing Pumpkins belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? That's a great question. I think that they do, and I think that they will get in, but I think it's going to take at least five years, maybe 10 or so, and that's maybe not necessarily fair, but just kind of knowing how the Hall of Fame works. Mm-hmm. The way where we are now is we're, we're just we're slowly creeping into the 90s. And is it fair have... to say Nirvana was the first 90s act? Because I don't really want to count the Chili Peppers because they had a lot of stuff in the 80s. They did, yeah, and that's why they were eligible, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a full three years before uh, Nirvana was. But in terms of like definitively being '90s, probably. Okay. Uh, I mean, also, I mean, Nirvana became eligible because of because you of know, Bleach, but for I, all intents I think, and purposes, technically, technically, an EP that was before Bleach, you know. So that's why. Are you sure about that? Because it's 2014, yeah. and Bleach came out in '89. Yeah, well, that, here's a little thing that Rock Hall insiders know, which is that technically it is 26 years. And the reason for that is, huh. yeah, they decide the nominees and I guess technically inductees at the end of the previous year and then induct them at the beginning of the following year. Now, they, now everything's kind of messed up because of the pandemic pushed the ceremony to November. But usually it is in March, it's sometime in the spring. And okay. they release the list of nominees in October, usually decided around the winter and then the following year. So, okay. yeah, I know it's very stupid. But, yeah, I, I there is an EP. I think it might be the the blue EP, B-L-E-W, from mm-hmm. 88. Yeah, it is. 
Yeah. I think it was actually a single. That's also possible. That's the thing is it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, a full album. It can be yeah. a single. It can be an EP. The Whatever makes them eligible. It's just like the first released recording. And usually it has to have been, you know, uh, accessible by someone. Like it usually... a demo or something like internal will not count. Yeah, Blue was released as a single on Sub Pop in 88 and I don't think they had an EP other than the Hormoning EP so it's gotta be that. Anyways that's not the point. The point is this <laughs> Nirvana to me totally makes sense you put them in, the band is over the next year Green Day's inducted. Mm-hmm. Arguably not washed up or sad do you think it helps or hurts a band like Green Day once they're inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? You know when you're still like around and, and doing things i'm not it, it's obviously uh publicity mm-hmm. it's easy publicity you know you get you get to make the rounds a little bit in terms of press appearances and things like that not that green day really needs that uh there is and i know half the members the majority of the members of radiohead did not show up to the induction yes and, and i think and they didn't really like tom york didn't really get into why i know that from the british perspective the rock and roll hall of fame is kind of confusing it's a very american thing they don't really typically get what's going on but i get the sense that you know tom york and the greenwoods and all those guys feel that radiohead is and i think they're right is still a, a relevant band and exactly. to to uh, acknowledge an induction of the rock and roll hall of fame is almost like we are a legacy act now which I don't think that they that bands and it's not a problem that many bands have to really cope with because usually when by the time you're inducted you are a legacy band, but I I think yeah I don't know because like do you becoming a legacy artist you can you can kind of observe that from different angles like one it's like oh we're finished or two like we're legends now and we can that's fair. Th- yeah, but the thing with Radiohead, even the thing with Green Day, and to a, a way lesser extent, Pearl Jam, um, they're still releasing new stuff. And when they tour, they're they're playing majority of that new catalog in addition to the stuff that put yeah. them on most people's radars. Unlike, sure. say, I don't know, a Def Leppard who probably is playing Hysteria front to back, and that's it. Yeah, right. I, that and that's true. Uh, but I think Green Day. Want, I know I know that Green Day wanted the induction. Well, didn't they Green are, Day do the ceremony for it was a, for the Ramones? Didn't they play for that oh, ceremony? They they, sh- they show up a lot. They they are someone, and Billy Joe in particular, I would say, is someone who plays the game. Mm-hmm. So Billy Joe induct and the rest of Green Day. They inducted uh, the Stooges mm-hmm. and they inducted Guns and Roses. And they also opened the 2012 ceremony seemingly randomly. <laughs> I mean, like they were there to induct Guns N' Roses, but they opened it with one of their own songs, like just to open the ceremony. And they were not being inducted. It was just a, a thing to do, maybe because it was the first ceremony in HBO. They felt like they needed to have an extra thing. Sure. But yeah, I mean, they've definitely they've played the game. They show up. They will induct people. They seem to have the friends in the right places. And all those moves to me feel like, oh, we want to be. And they were inducted first year eligible yeah. as well. So it's like that's a special tier of artists. So and they wanted that. I'd say other than Billy Joe, the two 
peers of his that seem to represent the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame the most are Eddie Vedder and Dave Grohl. Am I correct yeah, in that assessment? That's, that's that's absolutely correct. Dave okay. Grohl is someone who is who is there constantly, and Eddie Vedder has inducted so many people from like the beginning to now. You know, he inducted the Doors, he inducted the Ramones, he inducted Neil Young. Like he's he's someone where and Grohl same thing inducted mm-hmm. Queen. You know, was performing there for the Joan Jett uh, induction, mm-hmm. uh, inducted Rush. Like the and Dave Grohl is on the nominating committee. So, and Dave Grohl is in the opening package for this non-ceremony ceremony as well. Right. He he is, in a sense, the he's the first thing you see. Mm-hmm. Like he he says, he gives the opening remarks, so to speak. So yeah, they, both those guys are heavily involved. And you know, the Foo Fighters become eligible next for the next ceremony. Yeah. And you could argue about their merits, but I think given how deeply. Dave Grohl has played the game. I, 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 I could easily see them getting in on their first year. Somewhat related. This is my wife's theory, and I completely stand behind it. Um, do you believe that Mr. Peanut Butter is based around Dave Grohl? <laughs> you know, I actually I do not watch BoJack Horseman, so I only know about that character. Uh, like uh, my relationship to Mr. Peanut Butter is the same way most people's relationship to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is. Oh, fair enough. Like, That's a very <laughs> wonderful comparison. Okay, I know it, but you know. So, and, and the reason why I bring up Veteran Grohl is because I think, from an outsider's point of view, that is very familiar with a certain type of rock and roll. The Smashing Pumpkins are the third most important band from 1990 to the year 2000. In terms of influence, record sales, and touring capabilities. Did you, wait, did you put them at a specific number? Number three. You, so you would say after Nirvana and Pearl Jam? Absolutely. Okay. Nirvana changed everything. They belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. End stop. Mm-hmm. No question about it. The Pearl Jam is this gen- whatever that generation's version of the Who is. You're not the Stones. You're not the Beatles, but you're like consistently there. You're doing the right thing. You understand the history. You understand what the future yeah. is. You're you're fighting the good fight against Ticketmaster, but at the same time, you're honoring people like Neil Young. You know, and Smashing Pumpkins right. are actually selling more tickets than both of those acts, selling more records than both of those acts, but you don't hear that same sound in today's modern rock the same way you have so many clones of Nirvana and Pearl Jam. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that true that they sold more albums and more ticket sales? They than, Well, Pearl Jam, like, here's Pearl the Jam? thing. Nirvana kills himself, so that's over. Yeah, that you, you kind of lop off the uh, the numbers there. And actually, the they were supposed to headline Lollapalooza in 94. That went to Smashing Pumpkins. Interesting. Yeah, And I guess you got to like, remember, the Pumpkins toured for two-plus years in Melancholy in stadiums. Well, Pearl Jam were not touring because of their fights with Ticketmaster. Mm. So okay. that alone, it, they've already handicapped themselves. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Uh, I guess I hadn't thought of that because when I think of Pearl Jam, I guess I forget about that weird like they can't ha- they they resent their own success mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, element of their popularity because obviously they were they were so hugely uh, popular and successful. Oh yeah, they didn't do a music video from ninety one or sorry ninety two until ninety eight, and that ninety eight video was animated. Yeah, it makes you wonder, like, what would have happened if they were a little bit more, you know, sa- savvy. I don't know if that's the right word, but if they had kept that, kept the machine going, mm-hmm. like, would it have gotten so big that it would have burst? I or think so. Would they, or would they have, like, gotten to a point where they were so big that, uh, you know, 
they became the most important thing in the world. <laughs> no, I think that them and Radiohead have very super similar trajectories. We're like, all of a sudden, we're crazy famous and we need to think about it, and then we need to step back, but we're going to keep releasing music at our pace, record mm-hmm. it almost entirely ourselves or with, with the same producer indefinitely, and do your own thing, and then we'll let bands like Coldplay take the Radiohead mantle, plans like Creed take the Pearl Jam mantle, and we yeah. don't care. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good point. The pumpkins, yes. though. Here's the weird thing about the pumpkins. Yes. yes. This is why mm-hmm. I'm convinced that they're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Good friends with Dave Grohl. They the Foo Fighters opened up for the pumpkins on the last Pumpkins tour in 2000 when that was supposed to be the end of the day. That happened. They infamously in the Chicago circles like thought they were the most important band ever, and clearly the Courtney Love, Kurt Cobain, <laughs> Billy Corgan thing is a thing. He's on Celebrity Skin for a reason. His mm-hmm. fingers are all over that stuff, for better or worse, right? And then uh, Vetter, and he has a deep respect for Vetter, and one of the most like talked-about tours ever was like that five-day Chili Peppers, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Pumpkins bill in like late 91. And the fact that three of those four bands are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but the band that sold the most records in the 90s is the one that's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, to me, mm-hmm. means Billy Corgan has rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Yeah, I think you have to, even just from a political standpoint, that Billy Corgan now, like who he associates with and, you know, his like tenuous connections to, let's say, the alt-right. Or, Thank you for bringing this up. I am so glad you you're know, the one that brings up Alex Jones. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, so that can't be good. <laughs> like no, the, the, right? The, and But I do think, I think there's a few ways to think about why they've been snubbed. From my perspective, as someone who follows us a lot, I think it is it is the uh, slow crawl into the 90s. And the, mm. we're going to get the Smashing Pumpkins, but you have to remember that, and, and what I think, what I can tell from the nominating committee and who they like, you know, Jane's Addiction was on the ballot once and then went away. They will probably come back again. Mm-hmm. But, th- but they're someone, and you do have to acknowledge them when you think about the explosion of oh, that yeah. genre. Like, they were kind of first, uh, even though, you know, they were pretty much for their, what you might call, uh, imperial phase. They were two albums and out, you know, so they don't have the longevity of the other groups. But... I mean, they, NWA's in there, and they really only have two great records, if that. Right. But, yeah. And we, we, so, like, with... The and Sex Pistols similarly. Oh like yeah, totally. One album, and usually I think if you have one album, you and you want to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you need to be like you need to have invented something, right? You kind mm-hmm. of the way that you could argue the Sex Pistols, even sure. though they're prefabricated and blah blah blah, or or NWA, and like a little bit of uh, huge recognition from an even an iconographer's uh, perspective, like everyone knows. Never mind the bollocks. Yeah. Just from like the album cover, yeah. NWA similarly yeah. had such a uh, the, the, what they stood for and also what they looked like just mm-hmm. permeated the culture Absolutely. really deeply. Absolutely, the way I, w- I would say that Jane's Addiction didn't exactly. Do Although you, you know, quick aside, yeah. do you think Jane's Addiction belongs in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, or do you think Perry belongs in the non-performers aspect just for the Lollapalooza creation? I mean, the, the, we have very few people, uh, non-performer-wise, you know, we have, like, Bill Graham, and that's probably the only, like, concert guy that's in. The non-performer category, they just, like, 
they touch it like every two or three years. Yeah. I, I'm I'm not holding my breath for really anybody's chances in the non-performer category. And the two guys they inducted this year from the non-performer category, one literally runs the nominating committee and another one is on the board of the Rock Hall. So it's it's very insider. Anyway, I no, I think Jane's Addiction should get in as a performer and like in the package and in the speeches and stuff, they'll mention that like, oh yeah, and also Perry Farrell created this incredible thing that has was the test of time with all of Palooza, et cetera, et cetera. It's hard to disagree uh, with Jane's going in before uh, the pumpkins. I can only think of one other act that should be in there before the pumpkins. From that era, I mean, from like Soundgarden. Era. Exactly, Soundgarden that's it. comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. That's it. and they were they were nominated for the first time this year, and they they seem like a bit of a priority uh, because oh, if Chris Cornell think... is alive, I think the pumpkins belong in there before Soundgarden, for sure. I could see that. I mean, like there there is a little bit of a. You know, and it never works out this way, but in theory, you want there to be some sort of uh, order chronologically, right? Mm-hmm. But if it was chronological, then Soundgarden, Soundgarden would have been in before all of them because like, they formed yes. in 1984. Great. Yes. So, uh, but I do think that is because when you, the story of grunge explosion is Seattle, right? Sure. And it's Absolutely like, not it's, denying that in, in any way. And but, like that, that, that holds a lot of weight, you know, the kind of story that has been told and cause then, you know, the nominating committee can put these people on the ballot, but then it has to go to this larger body of mm-hmm. dumber people who then vote. Uh, <laughs> and then you have to think about their tastes and what they know tend to be a little more mainstream, a little more general, not as uh, in tune with like, what is, what is correct? What is right? What is just, et cetera. From a numbers perspective, is there any act that does not belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? That just, they didn't permeate the culture and they didn't sell any records and they're just somebody's friend? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do think there was an era in like the late 90s and into the 2000s where you're getting a lot of stragglers in terms of the Rolling Stone set. Mm-hmm. You know, because the Rolling Stone, as you can imagine has a huge erection for the night for the 60s for of the course, flower of flower child uh san francisco scene right and so you that you get like in the year 2000 you get the love and spoonful mm-hmm. inducted on on their first ballot which you know maybe a group that deserves it but nope. getting in nope. <laughs> did you say, nope did you say no no they don't deserve <laughs> it absolutely not but also getting in on a ballot where Queen was also on it and did not get in yeah. makes you wonder who, especially at that time, was voting. And also, I mean, so and there are these people <laughs> who, and this is not the way the voting body exists now. I think the voting body now is very much towards classic rock, and you get a, a band like the Doobie Brothers on the ballot, they're going to get in immediately. Uh, whereas back in the 90s, you had Leonard Skinner on the ballot like seven or eight years without getting in. And I think that kind of shows the disparity between what the voting body used to be like and what sure. the voting body is sure. now. The voting body used to be, we're going to induct the Moon Glows and the mm-hmm. Flamingos and like these like doo-wop bands that, I mean, I guess they were around early enough that you can argue. But I kind of get that. Influence. I think I feel like then you're just like trying to check all the boxes of like we have our early 50s inductee this year. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I guess. And, but, you know, someone like Del Shannon, who you could call a one-hit wonder. But that I one hit his, is massive. 
it's massive and it was early enough that it like influenced a lot of people oh, so yeah. i get it but also this is the rock and roll hall of fame we're talking about you know and you you can't obviously when you talk about someone like del shannon or like percy sledge who again you could call mm-hmm. a one-hit wonder uh in just for people listening that's Runaway for Del Shannon and When a Man Loves a Woman for Percy Sledge. Both, again, massive songs. But we're talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and you you probably need to have one or two other big songs to be, I think, a worthy inductee. That's fair. That's completely fair. Do you think that there should be a regional section of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Before (laughs) we were alive, music was mostly regional. Um, sure. occasionally there'd be an act that broke through and was like super big in one area and around the States when we were alive. Uh, pumpkins might be the case. I don't think that's the case, but, um, do you believe that maybe the hall would benefit from like, this is the, if the rock and roll hall of fame was just in Detroit or just in Minneapolis or just in Omaha, these acts would make it. Uh, no, I okay. mean, I think, I think that goes against the very idea, which is that it is a hall of fame, so Touché. we yeah i mean we are we are meant to then acknowledge groups that were either so successful or so influential that they go beyond the region where they're from do you believe hole belongs in the rock and roll hall of fame i could be persuaded okay um i i'm kind of on the fence i think yes then i also think like what can i, I maybe like off the top of my head as someone who is you know not uh, deep into their discography can name like maybe three of their songs. Yeah, but those three songs a- were so massive and have influenced so many more people than a lot of the acts that are mm-hmm. in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, and so so there you go. That's and that's the reason why I'm kind of on the fence. Where it's like it's not a, it's not a super obvious case, but at the same time, there's definite points in the right in the right categories. So I I, I don't know. I I don't think there's any rush to get them in mm-hmm. but i i wouldn't hate it could you go in order of when you think the next five bands that are peers of the pumpkins will be in yeah and, for sure okay yeah <laughs> i think rage against the machine is going to be next so rage will be the next rage will be the and it'll be the first year they're eligible because is morello part of the board morello's on the nominating committee okay. and has been for a few years now rage has been on the ballot two times before mm-hmm so and then they they were off the ballot for the first time this year. I think each year for the past however many years, there's been like one slot for the alt rock group. Yeah. And this year it was Nine Inch Nails. Sure. And the year before it was Radiohead. Mm-hmm. And then the year before uh, was uh, a pass. It was just a, a fully like classic rock, boring year. Where it was mm-hmm. like Bon Jovi and the Moody Blues. But then before that, you know, it was Pearl Jam. And then you know from there it you know then green day nirvana etc so i think yeah the door is slightly open for one and i think it'll be rage against the machine okay and then i want to say soundgarden seems like the one that would make same year next. also 2021 no okay, i don't 2022 these are yeah i don't think okay. these are going to happen in the same year again i think the door is just slightly open for one a year okay. so rage and then uh soundgarden and then, then we're starting to get into Pumpkins territory. I think. Okay. So I you think, think Jane's Addiction won't be in twenty one or twenty two? I think they. Here, the other thing is that some of these groups could show up on the ballot, and okay. then, uh, 
And then, like in 2018 or 2016, nobody from the 90s gets through. Mm-hmm. But I think that's going to get harder to uh, – it's going to be harder to happen. It's going to be more difficult to happen as we get – you can't not acknowledge the 90s at a certain point. Uh, but I also think someone who's going to show up – and I don't know if you necessarily consider them in the same category, but Beck has been eligible for the last two years. Absolutely. Beck is on my list. Tori Amos is on my list. I, that one, I, I, I don't think... You don't I think mean, it's going to happen? Again, you can make a case, but I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I think, you know, I think Weezer has oh, a case. Oh, yeah. The fact that I didn't even think of Weezer. But let's go in order. We got Rage 2021, Soundgarden okay, 2022. Yeah. Who's 2023? You know 2023, I'm actually going to... I'm going to throw Weezer in there. Yeah, that's a smart... I think that's a smart move. I think it's... Yeah, I, I would say... It, it, for me, it was like either between Weezer or Beck... Or Oasis. Oh, yeah. But you're locking in Weezer at 2023. I'll do it, yeah. All right. Any other 2023s? You know what? Let's throw in, just because I was on the fence, let's throw, let's throw in Beck. Beck, yeah. I think Beck yeah. might be first year eligible. He's in. That's that's past, though. That was two years ago. I rescind everything I've ever said. <laughs> so, I yeah, I don't know. I, a lot of people were expecting him to be uh, you know, in 2019 on the ballot and mm-hmm. got in immediately because he like appeals to everybody. You know, he appeals to the old Rolling Stones set, yeah. but then he appeals he appeals to the critics. He appeals to other musicians. He's like a you know musician's musician. But yeah, are right, you got one more left? Who's in that fifth slot? At this so, point, it's 2024. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah, and I haven't said Jane's Addiction or Smashing Pumpkins or Alice in Chains, uh, and those would. Pro- and did I say Oasis yet? You did say Oasis, but you didn't okay. say they're in yet. I didn't. I didn't. Commit you put them, them on yet. the board, but you haven't locked them in anywhere. I see. <laughs> um, you know what? Let's do. Let's do the pumpkins. Pumpkins twenty twenty four. Yeah, I respectfully disagree with you. You think it's going to be faster? I think it's going to be faster or until a Corgan is dead because 2024 <laughs> is an election year. Okay. And this dude is dumb enough to go on Alex Jones or whatever oh, that wow. version of Alex Jones will be in an election year, damning his whatever chances he has to get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know what will kind of be uh, a barometer for this is to see if the Smiths get in soon because they are... You know, we had Depeche Mode yeah. this year. We had The Cure last year. It, they are finally letting these post-punk British new wave bands in. And The Smiths and then Joy Division slash New Order, those are, as as I see it, the last two to get in for that genre. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with that. Thought. The fact that R.E.M. was inducted, was they inducted first year possible? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And The Smiths aren't. And you... you don't get REM without the Smiths. Like, no, I mean, yeah, it's it's crazy that, and also like they were inducted the same year as Patty Smith, who should have been inducted way before then, mm-hmm. and is someone who like very directly influenced them. And it's funny when things like that. Well, I mean, like Depeche Mode this year oh, and God, Nine yeah. Inch Nails, like that that there is an obvious uh, influence there, but then they get in on the same year. Sometimes that happens, and it's very weird. So here's how I'm like taking notes, like I'm Charlie, and it's always sunny. The Pumpkins have more influence than Nine Inch Nails, even though I prefer Nine Inch Nails. The mm-hmm. Depeche Mode is able to sell more tickets for sure, but 
they have not done as much as the Pumpkins has in their run. Depeche Mode's done less longer, and they've all worked sort of in the same orbit. Just the Lost you're, Highway you're, soundtrack. You have you're Dave, comparing them. You're comparing them to Nine Inch Nails. I'm comparing everyone to everybody at okay. this point. Everybody, okay. But they've yeah. all worked together in one weird way. Bowie's fiftieth anniversary, sorry, fiftieth birthday concert at Madison Square Garden. Like the special guest headliner performer was Billy Corgan in '97. That's how important Corgan was yeah. at the time. It was not Trent Reznor, even though Trent Reznor is a much more interesting and accomplished musician. Corgan still sold more records, and people don't remember that because he shot himself in the foot so dramatically so often. Anyways, yeah, Flood is in the tribute video for Depeche Mode. He is, yes. Flood produced Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Yeah, you know, I, I was actually expecting him to show up in the Nine Inch Nails. I was expecting him to show up in the Depeche Mode because the best song on the Depeche Mode covers tribute album in like 98, Music for the Masses, is a Smashing Pumpkins cover of a, a Depeche Mode song. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, I expected more people in general just to be interviewed in the 2020 special, the HBO special. But yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. Corgan, Corgan doesn't strike me. I mean, we know that he's not a friendly, he doesn't seem to be a friendly man, but he's friendly with the people. I would assume that like run this thing. I know he's friendly with Grohl. I know he's friendly yeah. with flood. I know he's friendly with Resner. Like these are the mm -hmm. people that in theory now control this thing. Yeah. The, uh, but the other, the thing is they don't control it though. Okay. They have some influence, but even with someone like Grohl, Grohl's, uh, who he's bringing up at the nominating committee meeting is like motorhead. Yeah. And like Devo, like he's going, he's still reaching back for the people that influence him. him. Yeah. And like bad brains. And like, those are all three artists that I would feel confident that he personally got on the ballot that he advocated for in the meeting. Because though they though all those artists have shown up on the ballot since he joined, so and I would put those three easy as in the in the girl column. I can't I think, think of a musician yeah. who ever who ethos attitude everything I completely agree with, but a compl almost entirely fell off with their music. They used to be one of my favorite bands. I think their first two records are damn near perfect. I've seen them like a dozen times, but like. If they just stopped after album two, they might be the perfect band. <laughs> but just the last seven, and now with the new one, the last eight, it's just almost unlistenable. But I still will like see them live and like support that guy. Not financially, I'm getting pressed, but still, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, the other thing is with a band like the Foo Fighters, the fact that we're you know kind of rolling our eyes at like the last few releases mm -hmm. that's naturally what's supposed to happen oh like, sure not, and, you know and, what i mean oh 100 percent. and that's the a thing standard that was so messed up about the nine inch nails tribute they pretty much cover the first lp a little bit of the broken ep and then the second lp and then like nothing else yeah and I then they skip until the soundtrack work which isn't nine inch nails it's trent reznor no. Yeah, I know. I, I was expecting because it felt like they were building up towards like because he was saying, you know, the, the Johnny Cash thing mm -hmm. really brought him out of a funk. And I thought like, OK, we're going to go into with teeth. Like yeah. that's going to be the next thing. And like he comes back and he's got he's like back in true form. And I was surprised that that was not the 
angle that or the took. stuff that he like oh, this is a concept album like he like if they talked about year zero and uh, how that relates mm-hmm. to today even though that was like 12 years ago like that kind of stuff the idea of releasing albums for free after Radiohead and, and publicly saying like don't buy our records because they're jacking them up in certain countries like that's completely ignored yeah and even the fact that he made music specifically for people to use royalty free yeah in you know like that yeah yeah i guess you can't cover everything but you could cover the basics and to me these are the basics we're like i loved love love the t-rex package that they did in Mm -hmm. this but after maybe three minutes of that 20 minute package it's the same notes over and over and over and over again does that make sense yeah it is and i was surprised we didn't see more specific i was surprised they didn't talk to gloria jones Mm -hmm. that like it's she's referenced when her son accepts Mm -hmm. uh for his father but i was surprised that like that because that's like a very cool aspect i think of his career because she joined the band and you know he was involved with people you wouldn't expect him to be involved with but yeah uh, the music's fun (laughs) (laughs) so the answer is yes the smashing pumpkins do belong in the rock and roll hall of fame I think so, and you know the the kind. I was kind of generous with who gets uh, in over the next five years. I think it's possible that we get a gap year in terms of alt rock, mm-hmm, like nineties mm-hmm. alt rock. I think that's that's definitely that's something that could happen. But you know, I think you know what I'm looking at. I'm such a dork that I have actually. And I can't remember the last time I edited this, but I do kind of map out who I think is going to be inducted over the next few years. And I have Smashing Pumpkins at 2025. So that's oh, pretty much... Oh, wow. That's, that's more or less awesome. Where I... <laughs> Here's I'm putting the, them yeah, at about five years from now, give or take. Here's a something that could either be a 10-hour conversation or a one-second dismissal. Do you, the offspring have any chance of ever no. making it into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, just it's there's. I mean, as you know, the biggest selling independent record of all time. You know, that's nothing to dismiss. But I do think they are generally dismissed by uh, the the critical community sure. and maybe even the the music community at large. I don't disagree with anything you're saying, but have you ever looked at how many records that band sold? <laughs> it's I astronomical. Mean, yeah, when when I looked at that, what's what's that release? The indie release that you're thinking of sold. Smash, which was on Epitaph, but then the two yeah. follow ups, which were on I think happened. like Universal or something, sold also like six million copies. Yeah, they were they were a very successful band at a time when the record business was like peaking, right? Yeah, it was like right place, right time. But you know, but made they're still on tour songs. doing these summer shed festival like giant tours, selling like twenty thousand tickets a night. That's not nothing. Yeah, Depeche Mode could do that, but like... Mm-hmm. Not, who else? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel you. Uh, something I am looking at when I... At this, me mapping out... Uh, I think Coldplay is going to get in before Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, I'm not taking that bet because that's just a smart... Chris Martin was playing the game. He's in this video package. Who's yeah. in the video package? Was that Depeche Mode? He was in for Depeche Mode. Yeah, yeah, like he he gets it. He yeah, I agree. That's he, yeah. He definitely plays a game, and he is. They become eligible twenty twenty four. So I think actually Coldplay will probably take that slot. Yeah, I'm not taking that bet. I think you're right. Yeah, 
but yeah, it's it's funny. It pretty much exactly what I had told you is is off the top of my head is what I had at one point. I don't remember Do, when. Is Allison Chains on that list anywhere? No. Yeah, I don't no, think No, I think it's going to take a little bit longer for them if it happens at all. Uh, I think there's a case to be made, but they're, they feel like just on the bubble for me. Is it possible to have any surprises? Are you at all shocked with who gets in in the last five years? No, I'm yeah. not. Uh, and I miss that because that used to kind of happen. I guess the last big surprise was when the Paul Butterfield Blues Band mm-hmm. were inducted in 2015. That is sort of uh, odd. Yeah, but that's I miss those surprises. You know, I've been able to predict who gets in at least four out of the five or five out of the six every year for the past, I don't know, however. Once Trent um, Reznor inducted The Cure, were you at all surprised that he got in two years later? I mean, it was one year later. Oh, it was, was it? The, it was literally the next year, yeah. Um, I know. I mean, that wasn't that wasn't really that much of a surprise. Although, of this, of this year, they were they were just outside of my predictions because uh, I assumed I, I had given his slot to Pat Benatar just because mm. she seemed to fit every category that you would want, uh, especially given the classic rock bent that has sure. happened in the past few years. But, you know, rampant sexism. <laughs> That's why I think Tori Amos actually has a shot. Wait, explain. Course correct. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing is, if they were going to course correct, they would do it with Pat Benatar. They could still do both. Pat Benatar is a totally different era than Tori Amos. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Of course, of course they are. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the course correction, the thing is, the problem is that course correction can happen within the nominating committee, but then it goes to this voting body, which is full of members of Journey uh, and Bon Jovi. And that's really where Touché. the problem happens, you know, because they keep putting worthy bands like Kraftwerk or, you know, Rufus featuring Shaka Khan mm-hmm. or MC5. And it, it then the voting body dismisses them because they're not obvious big names like the Doobie Brothers or Stevie Nicks or Def Leppard. What do you hope happens in 2021? I'd like to see Jay-Z get in on his first year of eligibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that uh, a sort of a – that's like the easy pick. That's like picking the yeah. Yankees to go to the World Series. I mean, hey, I thought Radiohead would get in on their first year of eligibility, and they didn't, so I've been But burned. it seems like the – Radiohead is not going to play game the same way Jay-Z yeah. might. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Uh yeah, and there there was at in 2018 there was this uh Radiohead is scheduled to perform in South America mm-hmm. and they're on the day of the induction ceremony and they're not going to show up and they've already said they won't. So yeah, that probably played a little bit. Uh And also so they think, just did Biggie. So of course jay is going to be in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I think that I, I, I would be, it wouldn't be that much of a surprise, but at least it wouldn't disappoint me. You know what I mean? Like totally. if, if JC didn't make the ballot or didn't get inducted, then I would be like, oh, this stinks. What would be a nice surprise is if they could finally, and I think they could maybe do it next year, which is squeak in two hip hop acts in a single year, which they've never done before. But I do think if there was ever going to be a time, Jay-Z and Outkast, it seemed to me like so big, so successful, so appealing that it could happen. Will it be? But I, I know it's Jay Z's first time on potentially, like in terms of year eligibility on the ballot. Outcast has been 
passed before, right? Yeah, they okay. have because there's there's this kind of one child policy, right? Got where it. you put you put one person on the ballot each year, and there you I could maybe defend this strategy because the idea is you put one on each year to maximize the votes that that artist gets, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which I think is probably true because I bet there are people who vote. And if they saw two hip hop artists, they would go, well, I need to pick one yeah. to kind of keep my ballot, you know, balanced or whatever. And so it could cause vote splitting. So in the past five years, it has been one hip hop artist per ballot, which is why I'm not expecting outcast next year. I'm expecting Jay-Z. I'm not expecting LL Cool J to return or, you know, the sudden appearance of all these hip hop acts like a Tribe Called Quest or mm -hmm. De La Soul to be suddenly on the ballot. Uh, I, again, I'm hoping for either the Smiths or Joy Division New Order. Sure. I think I think with a group of people who are not just and they'll say differently, but they're not just uh, putting together a list of artists. They are also producing a ceremony for HBO. And I think knowing that you could have New Order play versus having a huge question mark uh, covered in blood <laughs> if the Smiths would even show up, let alone, I mean, nobody's expecting them to reunite. No. Except Seymour Stein, who I talked to once, and he was like, I think they would. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, I just think they would. And I was like, oh, do you care to elaborate? And he did not. No. Um, he did not really. <laughs> and then Rage seems like. Yeah, Rage uh, is going to be in. What I would like to see, though, is I'd like to see the Go-Go's, especially when we talk about course correcting, mm -hmm. that would immediately put at least five women in the hall and also they would become voting members which i think would be a good thing because that's the other thing about you induct whitney houston it's like that's great she doesn't get yeah. to vote though but you inducted all these doobie brothers who do uh and so you both are hoping to induct more women but you also want to have women who will then become voting members so that you can steer the ship yeah i'm uh, scrolling through the list right now is cindy lopper in she's not uh, that's a sin yeah i mean there's there's some really great 80s pop artists george michael also is another one who was so once huge. again though one of them is alive mm -hmm. so yeah i'm gonna go Although with cindy we, we had you know for a long time i thought okay it looks like they're keeping to artists who can show up to the ceremony but then this year really threw a wrench into that mm -hmm. theory because we had we had a ballot full of uh deceased artists and then we ended up having three posthumous inductions with Biggie, Whitney, and T-Rex. Well, most of T-Rex, anyway. I'm I'm bummed out that Nine Inch Nails are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because I still think they're culturally irrelevant. Interesting. And um, <laughs> I didn't feel that way at all about Pearl Jam or Green Day. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that that... I don't know that I agree with that. I do think there aren't many artists who tried to do what he does mm -hmm. in that regard you know the way there were a million Pearl Jam clones right mm -hmm. uh, like there, there was what sneaker pimps is that what they were called the sneaker <laughs> pimps are not are, you think they're a Nine Inch Nails clone am I I can't I, I, some of these bands I, no sneaker pimps are I, more of a Depeche Mode clone but there's a I'd okay. say there's like probably a hundred bands that are Nine Inch Nails clone but like none of them came close to making nope. anything the closest nope. being Marilyn Manson but that's more of an Alice Cooper meets Nine Inch Nails clone 
I don't know why I thought sneaker films. I was thinking Stabbing Westward. Stabbing Westward is that? definitely a Nine Inch Nails clone, and <laughs> that they, that's like one of those one bands that, that are like regionally popular. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. So that's what I mean is where like I don't think there were that many groups that attempted to be Trent the way a lot of artists attempted to be Pearl Jam or even Green Day. Exactly. Um, exactly. But I just do think his songs have withstood the test of time. Oh, for sure. In terms of yeah. merit, they're easily first ballot. They should have been in whatever. But I don't like I don't like bands who's releasing new music that I enjoy in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is just my bigotry showing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't want to be on the same bill as Jackson Brown, you know. Mm. Yeah, okay. Fair. Uh yeah, and it, I you know, I would love to just see more uh both in terms of the ballot and the inductees. And this is something that has gotten a lot of press. You want to see more women, you want to see more people of color. Mm-hmm. Uh it would be nice. I mean, Cool and the Gang is a group that I think they're they're maybe my the ones I would lobby for. Oh sure, maybe, maybe unexpectedly, but I just think they. I don't get they're they've never been on the ballot, and I, they just have so many songs yeah. that everybody knows, and they have two different eras. Like they were this like mm-hmm. funky outfit in the seventies, you know, where they didn't even really have a lead singer. Like every one of their songs is either an instrumental or they're just like everybody's yelling the mm-hmm. <laughs> yelling the chorus at the mm-hmm. same time. Uh, and then they have this other, you know, the 80s where they really like blew up and it's like get down on it and celebration and uh, ladies night. But also the thing with Cool and the Gang that I think cannot be understated is their influence in hip hop. Oh, yeah. Specifically how how much they were sampled and how their uh, beats are the crucial parts of a ton of uh, iconic hip hop songs. And I think that that to me like really puts them over the edge of like. Yeah, we got to get these. We have to give these guys the credit where credit's due. I'm and scrolling through thing. the list right now. I think I know the answer to this. Um, the Village People are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Is that correct? <laughs> no, they are not. They no, should no be village. because no, this is. I'm completely people. sincere here. Um, they're fucking great, and they're the foundation of so many stadium anthems and disco, and super gay mm-hmm. and super fun, and. Yeah. I think that would be a wonderful contribution, and this is completely serious. Yeah, that's it, an interesting. Uh, it's an interesting perspective. I would say it, it, definitely the Rock Hall could stand to be a lot gayer. Yeah, it's a very straight institution, and I think you would you would start with the B fifty twos. Oh, for in, sure. You know, and I'm assuming uh, I know the answer to this. Donna Summer is also not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, correct? Oh, you are incorrect. She Donna isn't. Summer. Okay, good. Was this is sad though? Donna Summer was maybe on the ballot for five time five times in like a row or something, and she got in twenty thirteen okay. right after she died, oh, which sucked. fantastic. Okay, because, well you know, at least Donna's yeah. in there. Yeah, that's in that that rules. Okay, thank you for doing this. Oh yeah, you. I, I mean, I don't know if you could tell, but I could talk about the Rock Hall. Oh no, forever. I listened to the show. And, it's really good. You actually I, give I, a shit, and I think the I, premise of the show is also very good. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, it felt to me like, again, like I said, there's just nobody talks about this thing that is seemingly so important and does all, all this stuff kind of year round. And it, it as, and also, as you can tell, it causes, and it, it spurs a lot of conversation. People want to, once you get them going, people really like talking about it. I, uh, I've never actually been, but I was in Cleveland covering the Republican national convention. So my biggest tie to the, to the rock and roll hall of fame 
I don't know if you ever heard about this, is when Third Eye Blind played a party there, and it was for the Republican National Convention, like attendees, and all of their between song banter was about how Republicans are dumb and they believe in science. That is cool. That's I was the not, only I was, connection I have with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's so funny. I was because when you said that, I was like, "Oh, that's a bummer that Third Eye Blind would do that." But then they kind of trolled him, so yeah. I think I'm back on board. I'm back do you on think board. Third Eye Blind has any chance of being in the Rock and Roll no. Hall of Fame? <laughs> They're one of the first albums I, I purchased with my own money, but uh, no, I do not. Yeah. 